Well, if I have not had the honor of meeting you and your family, my name is Annie Lahan. Thanks, bro. Um, and I am the family pastor here at Grace Church. <clears throat> and what that means, <laughs> thanks. Um, and what that means is that I oversee ages zero through 12th grade. And I partner with our volunteers on Sunday mornings and Wednesdays and throughout the week to be able to love your family as well. And I came on staff pretty much a year ago, like almost exactly to the day. And it's kind of like we couldn't have orchestrated this. We didn't really plan on this is exactly when this was going to happen. The Lord just kind of set things into motion and um, <laughs> when I came on this time last year, I was full of passion and zeal and excitement because the Lord had given me scripture and there's power in his word, right? There is power in his word. And whenever I received that scripture, man, did I ever have an idea of what it was going to look like. <laughs> and I, I just knew like, you know, it's now is the moment. We're in a divine moment, and this is what this is going to play out like. And then my husband and I got four children overnight. Like, <laughs> we were sleeping in our kitchen so that there were enough bedrooms for all of them in our house. And we went from, we've been married for 10 years, and we went from having no children to four children and I was working full time and partnering with you all here and starting to build some things. And I thought like I would be coming on and we would just be like doing some stuff out the gate. Right. And the scripture that the Lord had given me is in Luke. I think I have a slide for it. I was looking for it so you guys can see it. I'm terrible with addresses. I wouldn't even be able to find my own house um, if it we're just dependent on numbers. Okay, so it says, Now the people were even bringing their babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. And when the disciples saw this, they rebuked those who had brought them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter into it. And whenever I looked at the meaning of the words in this scripture, it's so much more than just what we have initially thought about it. Like, see, kids matter too in the church. Like, let's not pretend they're not there. It's so much more than that. It's that little children, whenever you look at the meaning of that word, we're not just talking about zero to 21, which is part of what that word actually means. Um, because whenever you're 21, it's like a coming of age in scripture. But it also includes immature Christians, those who have received Jesus to be Lord and Savior, but have no idea how to walk it out, have no idea what it looks like to make him Lord, how to live their day-to-day -day life, because we're not just about Sunday mornings, right? It's, it's those people as well. And then the word hinder, so let the little children come to who? To Jesus, not to just us, but to Jesus, not to just Sunday morning volunteers, but to the Jesus inside of those Sunday morning volunteers and do not hinder them. That word hinder actually means to be passive about. It's not just like whenever I think of the word hinder, I think of like whenever you're wrestling with your kid and like, no, you can't get through this door. You know what I mean? Like whenever you blockade something, right? Like you put up a barricade, but the word hinder here actually has more to do with passivity than it does to do active aggression against and, you know, the father has been showing me over this last year that has not gone according to my plans. Um, <laughs> and he's shown me like passivity shows up in a lot of different ways in our own lives and in the lives of others. You know, I can be very passive 
sometimes about my identity in Jesus. Like I can take it for granted almost. Like I know that I am a new creation in Christ and that it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ in me and praise God for that, right? But then I'm passive towards the thoughts that like start to creep in where I'm comparing myself. And comparison leads to separation in the body of Christ. Like those, those thoughts that creep in that start to torment us. You know what I mean? But what does it mean to be mature? Cause we're going back, go back to like children, right? What is the measure of maturity? You who are mature. We just read this in Romans, right? So let's look at what the measure of maturity is. Let me grab my Bible and not throw things. Okay. So I'm actually in Romans 8 in the Passion Translation and verse 14. It says, The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And did you not receive the spirit? You did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection. Beloved Father, for the Holy Spirit makes us, makes God's fatherhood real to us. As he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Right? <laughs> That's Romans 8, 14 through 16 in the Passion Translation. In verse 17, it says, And since we are his true children, we qualify to share in all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ... We also inherit all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. So just as Alyssa was saying, like, she's not an orphan. She doesn't have to just say, may I please have the scraps of your table? Will you just give me your peace? Even though it may have been her own decisions that led to something Right? Like, I just walked through this. Like, whenever you're stressed and your life is more than you can possibly comprehend, like, sometimes you make mistakes, right? And if we choose to, I call it eating fast food, <laughs> like, not taking the time to slow down and sit at the Father's table and listen to the voice that has good things to say about us, like, whenever we don't take the time or we just are like, yeah, I know I'm a child of God. Like we've got our creed in um, kids ministry where we say, I'm a chosen child of God. I was made by God and for God. God loves me. Yes, Nikki. God loves me with a never stopping, never giving up, always and forever love. I And it goes on. So I know who I am, but we can know something and not believe it because life prepares a table of circumstances and judgments and things that will be set out in front of us to tell us who we are. Right? So if we don't slow down to eat the quality meal that our Father has prepared for us and let His love change the way we see ourselves so we can see one another, then we are hungry. And we are not pleasant to be around. I'm at least myself. I am not pleasant to be around when I'm hungry. Like when it transfers from like, I could eat right now too. I'm hangry. You know what I'm saying? Whenever you've gone from, I probably need to eat. My husband can testify to this. I probably need to eat to like, I'm hangry and I'm just going to pull through Brahms and I'm going to eat all of the French fries and I don't care what that does to my body. Like I'm just hungry. That's what we do. We'll take other people's affirmations and other people's criticisms and other people's circumstances and their ideas of why your life is the way that it is. And we will eat them. We'll accept it. Even though we know what's true, we may not receive it because what we take in, this is why communion matters. It is his body that was broken for you. 
where he said, take me instead. It is his body that was broken for us and his blood that made atonement even for our transgressions. That word, that word transgressions is blowing my mind. Those are the things we do knowing that we shouldn't do them. That is love, y'all. I mean, that is love. I, going back to having four kids instantly, we had um, a five-month-old and we had a 10-year-old and, no, we had two 10-year-olds and an eight-year-old. And so we had a teething infant. And if it weren't for Kayla Martin, I probably would be in a mental hospital because I had no idea how to get through the fact that he would soak himself every night because boys are different than girls, you know, um, in his diaper. It was like, what do we do, Lord? How are we ever going to sleep again? Uh, why am I telling you this? Oh, okay, so talking about... <laughs> That's spiritual family, y'all. She saved our lives. Um, (laughs) But so these four children coming in and reshaping our, our view of parents because it's so easy to judge what you've never lived out. Like we've been we've been Sunday school teachers where we've taken your kids every single Sunday morning and we think we're full of grace and peace, but we do not know. We do not know (laughs) what people go through until we are in their shoes. And so we can have our best opinions and our best laid ideas of what we think someone walking through cancer is going through or what we think somebody who's in the middle of a divorce is experiencing, but only the father who is like the Holy Spirit who is in them knows what they are experiencing. Steve says all the time, like only the Lord knows what went into baking that cake, right? Like all the ingredients that came together to bake that cake So even in the instance of us having these four kiddos and whenever Gretchen went, Gretchen and Brian went through their adoption story, like our cakes are different. Some of the ingredients are the same. And so we can relate, but only the father can intimately know what we have need of to wash us with his word and say, you are not this, that, and the other. Like you are not the pressure you feel and you can say, the word Sabbath actually means to stop. It means to be like, I am not the God of the universe and I am not responsible to maintain my life. Only he can do that. He spoke all of this into existence so I can stop everything I'm doing for today and trust him with the results of what's left over. I'm not holding this world together. I can stop and eat a real meal with my dad because I know if I eat fast food, I'm going to be real sick on the other end of a year, (laughs) you know, and that's pretty much where I I got to. I don't know if you guys um, were here or if you're involved in kids ministry, you're probably aware, but um, the board and the elders were gracious enough to let my husband and I take a two week sabbatical where we could do some of that stop. Like everything needs to stop because whenever you're involved with DHS, there's like so much required of you constantly. And so it wasn't just like getting four kiddos. I think that we probably could have done that, but it was getting all of the other people that came along with them that, that became so overwhelming. But the reason I'm, I'm bringing it up and it all comes together with this, this spiritual family and knowing that we're accepted and eating of him is that just as Cindy was saying, When we do these things alone and we get hungry by ourselves, it can lead us to a very dark place of isolation. And it can make things feel so insurmountable that we feel like there's no way out. And then we're drowning and there's no hope. But there is. Right? So a sheep that's left by itself is way more vulnerable than one that's in a flock. Sheep might be dumb and they might bite, but we're better in numbers, right? Like we're better off in numbers and we're way better with our shepherd, right? <laughs> the good shepherd who who can use his staff and smack somebody on the head whenever they're coming in telling lies about a sheep, you know? Um, and we need each other to remember the truth about who we are and what the Father is doing 
If it were not for my spiritual family over this last year, y'all, I probably wouldn't even be a Christian. I, and I know the Lord. I know him. Like, I know him. But I've never experienced pressure in my life like I did this last year. And if it weren't for Gretchen Cannon, like her willingness to look at me in, in my mistakes and my imperfection and not choosing the right things and her declaring that what's true about me and reminding me of like the Lord gave this to you. This is your word. This word is the word the Lord gave you. Let's go back and remember what's true. I wouldn't be here. Amen. Yes, Holly. Like, thank you for being my sister. We need people in our lives not to replace the father, but that know him. Who will say, this is what's true. These may be the facts. These may be your choices. These may be the things that are happening right here in this moment. But this is what is true. But we cannot do that for one another if we don't eat. (laughs) Like we have to sit at his table and know what is true about us. The word says the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Man, let me let me turn over real quick. Whenever I was so struggling because I was so hungry, I hadn't had time, I hadn't made time. I didn't believe there was time to stop. <laughs> right? I didn't believe that there was enough space to be able to choose life. Man, and arrogance like you don't realize how prideful you are sometimes until the heat comes like we get adjusted to one one way of being and then a test may come and then the fire gets turned up right and then we thought we were so good in this area like i'm so dependent on jesus and then (laughs) then we just can get surprised um by what we actually do of ourselves (laughs) I love this. In Romans 6, so what should we do then? Do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? What a terrible thought. We have died to sin once and for all. As a dead man passes away from this life, so how could we live under sin's rule a moment longer? I want to focus on that word rule because it says in um, Romans 8, 14, the mature children are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. When we believe we have no choice, but to do something apart from the father sin is anything not of faith which means it's anything that we do apart from him anything that we are not inviting him into that we do not think that it's worth slowing down to take the time and be with him in that is sin it's not just like a total white lie it is anything that we are doing as orphans Anything we are doing separated from our Papa who is with us, right? And so if we feel we have no choice but to keep doing something apart from him, apart from his family, like, that's sin, guys, and it ends in death. And his word tells us that it has no power to rule over us that way. Like, we get to change our minds about that because there is time. What there's not time for is not choosing to do life with him. There's no time for that. Like, we have no time for that. So finding rhythms in our life for there to be space for his words to remain in us and not just be, like, we, a lot of us know a lot of scripture just because maybe we've been around it or maybe we listen to the radio, but it's not the same as 
genuinely exchanging. The word prayer means to exchange our thoughts for his. It's giving him our desires and receiving his desires in exchange. When we make space for that, he's able to put his power inside of us where we were holding on to something that would never satisfy. Right? So prayer is the exchange of our desires for his and creating rhythms in our lives where we say the world is not my boss, but the Lord in heaven, he is my boss, like the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of me. I really believe that his power is what makes me whole. His power is what gives me the ability to live this life, right? Because we may do a really good job at a lot of things, but if it's us, then we're feeding the world ourselves and we can't satisfy. And all of us, as great as we may be, have an end, right? Like we can only supply to some extent. I had talked about this last year whenever I shared, like when we disciple, we are leading people to their source. We don't become it. (laughs) Like we take them to the Father so that they can realize that they've been given an endless supply of everything they were created to need. Like we're not bad for being hungry and we're not bad for being needy. Um, We were created to need that supply. With that said, I want to invite one of the girls who's in my discipleship group um, to come and share real quick. You're looking at me like you don't know who you are. <laughs> this is Ann Marshall. You guys will encourage her. She's kind of introverted, so this is a big deal. I know her. <laughs> Do you have your notes on your phone? Okay. Yeah, I'll say right here. Mm-hmm. I like you. Okay, so is working. So it's kind of funny because a few weeks ago I told the Lord, like, whatever you want me to do, like, I'm available. I'm here for you. <laughs> and then, what, Thursday, Friday, Annie texted me and asked me if I would share, and I was just like, are you kidding me? Because mm-hmm. this, this is not my spot. Um, so anyway, she asked me if I could come up here and just kind of share about my week and what the Lord has shown me through all of that. And so, um, so about two weeks ago, the Lord had asked me to get off of social media, which I was fine with, uh, like Facebook, Instagram, even the things that I didn't really get on, like Snapchat. If it was on my phone, he said, get it off. And so I did. And I was like, we can do this. I got this. And then last Saturday, me and my husband, which he is back in the sound booth, with he's, my husband. He's super cute, by the way. Um, <laughs> we had, yeah. So we had went and got our second COVID vaccine shot, and I did, I did pretty good, but my husband was down, completely down. Monday, Tuesday, just down. Couldn't even, like, talk to him. He was just out. And so we have a five-year-old who just started kindergarten. So that's sight words, reading log. We try to spend about 20 minutes every night kind of going over all that. And then we have a three-month-old little boy and he can't do anything on his own so have him have bath nights we have the house dishes laundry kind of trying to keep everything in order I have a full-time job um, and in all of that our fridge went out so we lost all of our food that was exciting then it started working again (laughs) and now it's not working so it's great um so during all this like I'm being pulled in multiple directions I've got my kids I've got my job I've got my house um I'm just it's just crazy and so I'm sitting there and I'm like I can't even get on social media to like to distract myself mm-hmm. so you guys know what like numb scrolling is where you just get on and you're just scrolling you have really no reason why you're even on there you're just wasting time I couldn't even do that <laughs> I was just like this is ridiculous And so I'm like, well, what am I going to do with all this time or whatever? And the Lord said, why don't you just come sit with me? Why don't you come talk to me? And so I did. So after my kids were asleep, um, I went and sat at the dining room table, and he had showed me the book of Joel, which I haven't really ever read the book of Joel, so I don't really know that much about it. Um, And so I'm going to go and give you kind of a background. So while Joel was writing this book, they were in the middle of like a locust invasion And if you guys don't really know what locusts are, they are a consuming insect. They're super destructive, 
and they can just ruin a whole harvest for the year, the current year, the past year, and even eat the seed for the next season. And they're also one of the ten plagues. So, right, ten plagues? Um, and so when you were in the middle of a locust invasion, it was a huge deal. You knew it was going to take a long time for you to come back. So Joel 2, chapter 2, verse 12 through 13, it says, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. So even though, like Joel and all the people he was with, they were in the middle of a locust invasion, and there were distractions, kind of like what I was going through. They were being pulled in different directions. God was saying, return to me, come sit with me. And that's what he told me when I was laying my five-year-old down to sleep. So Joel chapter 2, verse 25 through 26, it says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. Mm -hmm. The crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God. Who has dealt wondrously with you. Sorry. Yeah, girl. And my people shall never be put back to shame. Yeah. So what he was saying with me in that moment was that he is saying that he will restore. And I was starting to like look back at my whole life. Sorry. Why? Why are I you don't sorry? Because I'm shaking. Um, I was starting to like realize all the distractions um, that have taken my time from God. That was pulling my shift, like my shift in focus focus um if i hadn't have gotten off social media and if i hadn't have listened to the lord and got off social media i would have missed all of that because yes i would have probably have just started scrolling no reason whatsoever i probably would have missed what the lord had for me um i don't know if you guys have ever watched that lifehouse skit um it's back in the day i don't remember when it came out but I was reminded of that actually this morning when I was talking to Annie on Marco Polo. Um, so the, the skit starts out as um, this girl, and she's dancing with the Lord, and she's so happy, and she's so full of joy. And um, life pulls her away. Her focus gets shifted. Distractions come. Boys come. Drugs come. Alcohol comes. And I think we can all kind of relate to that. Um and so she starts not spending time with the Lord. And it kind of like goes through this whole thing. And then all of a sudden, it's like a shift happened. And she's like, I want the Lord back. I want my time with the Lord back. Mm-hmm. And so when she's trying to run back to the Lord, all these distractions are trying to pull her away again. And what God did um, that really stuck out to me this morning was that he got in front of the distractions. Like he didn't just say, hey, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like this is on you. I want you to fight for it, whatever. He got in the middle. He met her where she was. And she threw, or I'm sorry, he threw away the distractions. It, yeah. So what, what I want to say is, what I want to share is, I don't know what your locusts are. I don't know what your distractions are. You might be just consumed completely by locusts. Because I feel like I was this past week. But God is saying that he will restore that time that the locusts have taken. Yeah. It doesn't even matter how long you've been distracted. Yeah. He will restore. So if you're like me, like I said, I, I was able to look back on my time sitting at my kitchen table. I've been in, I've been out, I've come, I've gone. And... Um, <sighs> I lost my spot. I'm sorry. So, like I said, if if you've been coming, if you've been going, even if this is your first time here and you don't really know the Lord at all, the one thing that he he really shared, and I'm going to close with this for me, is that he is saying that I will restore the time that you didn't even know me. Yes. The time that you just were, you thought you were alone. Preach, Ann Marshall. (laughs) He's going to restore that time. Yeah. So, anyways, that's what that's It's so legit. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. So, at my table, like, she had this Jesus moment where she realized, like, 
I'm hungry. <laughs> Which we all are. <laughs> like, we were made hungry. Like, do you have a baby and say, why are you wanting to eat again? Like, <laughs> we would be defective, not the baby, if we had that expectation that they shouldn't eat right? Like we're, we're made hungry. Will we make space to eat with him? Right? And so I want to go back to where we were a year ago when the Lord embirthed in me that we will not hinder, we will not become passive towards the generations and those who are learning and wanting to learn how to know the father. Because distractions come and the locusts come and the things that are overwhelming come. Like, I have had a year that I didn't know could possibly be as much as it was. I mean, it seemed like every single week, right, babe, there was something else that was probably enough to make you need counseling for a year. Like every single week, something else. And it almost got to the point where we just stopped crying because it was just constant. But we are seated in heavenly places. And I can remember that when I sit at the table with my father. I can't remember whenever I eat fast food and I just go on the U version and read one verse of the day. <laughs> but for real, that's what I was living off of was the one verse of the day and maybe singing worship in my car. And it's not enough, y'all. It is not enough. If I ask you what you're passionate about, are you going to tell me about a Netflix series? I'm, and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I get it when we're tired and there's been a lot, right? Like, like she said, the numb scrolling, we desire to just not feel the pain. But sometimes like whenever there's been a child who's been neglected and they haven't eaten, eating actually can kind of make them sick at first. And so you have to like ease into it so your body can get used to receiving nutrients. And so the father knows this. One of the things that one of my girls told me was, I believe he's going to teach me how he's my dad. Yes. If we haven't known a father, if we haven't been fathered, it's weird to be fathered by God. <laughs> but he knows that and he will teach us what it means for him to love us well. And what I want to see happen, what I know that the father showed me years ago, was that we will no longer just have teachers, but we will have mothers and fathers. And the difference that I just learned from Family on Mission, the difference between a teacher and a mother and a father, like they had many teachers, which were their tutors that taught them all the right ways things were to be done. Like we have great ideals, but mothers and fathers, once they learn the ideals, they bring them alongside of them and they model, this is what we do. And this is what it looks like in real, actual life. When Kayla told me to buy these diapers and to feed him at this time and for him to sleep this way, that was real life. <laughs> that wasn't just a blog on the internet. That was, this is how we do this motherhood thing, right? Like we need mothers and fathers and our children we are not babysitting your children on Sunday mornings. I refuse to do it. Like we have some of the most tender, fertile soil in our homes and around us. What I, I told the board whenever I came on that like, I, I have so much respect for the stage and speaking on a Sunday morning, but whenever Hannah Khan and Daniel go in there and they are sharing their relationship with Jesus with their small group like they do every Sunday morning, that they are sowing seeds into soil that will produce fruit. In here, we listen for what we agree with. And we may high five because we like it, but we generally have our ideas of what we believe when we're adults. Through our experiences, through the influences that made us, but whenever we sow into the life of a child or of a new believer who's getting to know the body of Christ, like what we say, what we do, how we show up, if we are consistent, if we will value what the Father values, it matters a lot. And so whenever we say yes to sowing into children, we are not babysitting 
We're not. <laughs> like, and they have real problems just like we do. And they're learning to process their problems. And so I'm going to be less long-winded because I know we're limited on time. We have two services. Um, so the whole why <laughs> we have Kids of Grace and we have 612 students, and I'm going to share with you guys some rebranding stuff here in a second, but the whole reason why it exists and why it matters is because Jesus said it matters. Let the little children come to me. If we are not eating, if we are not experiencing the love of our father, his acceptance, his unconditional value, his, his attitude towards us that says, I know you made that choice, but this is who I am. And I am a, a God who sees beyond the choice you made in your pain. And this is who you really are. Like when we receive that kind of love, it changes us, right? Like, Those who have uh, messed up a lot are the ones who love a lot because they know they've been forgiven a lot. I happen to be one of those. Like, thank you, Jesus, that I am not (laughs) the result of my sin because I am not apart from my daddy unless if I choose to be, right? Like, I am not an orphan, and I don't want them growing up believing that they are orphans, and I don't want you to grow up believing you're an orphan either because you have a daddy God who came and humbled himself. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, God with us. He has come to be with us in COVID-19 and losing your job in misunderstandings and political disputes and all of the things he is with us. With us. So my question to us as a church and as a body of Christ is, will we be with each other? Because his word actually says that if we say we love God, but we hate our brother, we are a liar. We cannot, we cannot love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and separate ourselves from the body of Christ. It's self-preservation. No matter how we dress it up, it is self-preservation because sheep bite and we poop and make mistakes and it's messy in a barn. But praise God, we've got a good shepherd and he comes in and he cleans us up and he sets us back on our feet and says, this is what you do. <laughs> like, this is who you are. He feeds us. So we stop trying to eat our neighbor's tail. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> their fur is not our food. <laughs> You know, sheep are dumb. They do crazy things. Anybody have animals? (laughs) It's true, though. But we have an opportunity, not an obligation, to love our children as Christ has loved us. And my question to the church is, who is going to do it? Like, who wants to partner with me and loving the next generation that way. Who's going to show up to their football games and their basketball games? And I'm not just talking about a Sunday morning commitment or a Wednesday night commitment. I'm talking about who's going to go to the parade and act like a fool when they see Krista Sizemore on a float because you're so excited because you love her. (laughs) Like, you know, because they're, they're his kids and they're our siblings And it's our honor, right? right? Like, who will join me? Because we don't need another church or a program or, or teach. I like t-shirts. T-shirts are fun, especially when I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear. Like, I like the Grace Church shirt for that. But we don't need just a great program. We need people who really believe that Jesus came to make us one as he and the Father and the Holy Spirit are one. Like, if we don't understand each other, Great news, the Holy Spirit who lives in me lives in you, and he can work it out. Like, he can work it out. And his love and his character will knit our hearts together with strong ties of love, and we do not have to fear one another. Praise God. So now for some fun logistical things. (laughs) We are rebranding Kids of Grace and Next Gen to be Family Ministries. Inside of your bulletins, 
and conveniently located outside of the door. There is a sheet of paper that explains the old names and the new names. The only, I like, I like your faith-filled, non-existent paper that's in your hands. That's nice. Um, <laughs> the reason we are doing this rebranding is just for simplification and for understanding when new families come and join us to be able to experience the family of God here at Grace Church. Okay? So the reason why we are changing things is so that whenever they hear the name, they will clearly know, oh, this is where my kiddo goes. Right? But it's still going to have the heart and the mindset that no matter what age we are, we are learning what the kingdom of God is like. We are learning what his people are like. We are learning about him. So, with that said, Kids of Grace just no longer has a Z. Okay? Kids of Grace is our birth through fifth grade classrooms. And we have another subtitle now called Little Learners. These are our babies, our toddlers, three years old through pre-K. Little learners because they are learning what Jesus is like by the faithfulness of the, the classroom leaders that are showing up and showing his kindness and his mercy and his grace. Like, do not undervalue putting a Band-Aid on a child's knee or showing up and giving them goldfish and water. Like, that may seem petty to you in your brain, but, like, that is an act of kindness and faithfulness, and it impacts a child. I remember singing songs in my classrooms in Ohio whenever I was little, and I remember my teachers and, like, showing up and seeing their faces. Like, you're the hands and feet of Jesus when you love them. Little Learners is comprised of baby learners, toddler learners, and 3PK learners. I love to say that. 3PK. (laughs) So these are the new brandings for these classrooms. And in the month of October, we're in transition. Like, you may be used to the name um, Tiny Treasures, Beatitudes, and Kingdom Kids. Don't worry, we're going to have all of the labels still on. And so as you're helping families find where they need to go, or if you have any questions about the transitions, like this information is going to still be available to you so you can clearly see where they're going. Okay? So then Earthshakers is now K-5 students. Anybody have any idea why? (laughs) Because it's kindergarten through fifth grade. Okay, so whenever somebody walks in the door and maybe you're not part of the connections team on Sunday mornings, but you're part of our family here at Grace Church and you don't want anybody to walk in our doors and be lost and confused about where they're going. And they're like, I have a kindergartner. What do I do? They're in K-5 students, right? So students, because they are learning about the culture of heaven, to be a disciple means to be a learner of Jesus. It means we do life the way he does. Like we are loved by the Father the way he was. Like all those things are true about them as well. So K-5 students is made up of two small groups, um, K-2 K through two and 3-5. through five. And then our Wednesday night service for youth is now 6-12 students. Previously students of grace, 6-12 students. So people will easily know if my child is in sixth grade, they can also attend students on Wednesday nights, okay? 612 students has a middle and high school small group um, when we break out into small groups. And then I would like for you guys to know that I will be doing a, a is it a live stream? A live stream Q&A with Pastor Steve whenever um, this is over next Wednesday. So if you have questions about this transition and branding or about like, I don't want to live my life hungry (laughs) and caught up in all of the locusts that have come to eat my history with Jesus, my present with Jesus and the future with Jesus. But I want to say, stop. I'm going to eat what the father says is good. I will believe what, who he says I am and I will partner with the next generation so that they can do the same thing. Like if you want to do that, You guys can text me here. You can find me after service. You guys, I'm serious. Like, don't miss out. Kids are the best. They're the actual best. (laughs) And 
our faithfulness to show up for them can change their life. Like it can actually change the history. If you're upset about the state of our nation, like Mother Teresa used to say, like, you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Like you want to change the world, show up and all the things we believe, let's live them out with our lives together here as a body of Christ. Right? So thank you guys so much for your time and um, your ears. And I, I pray that you guys will respond to what the Father stirred in your hearts this morning. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't even invite the band. Nobody coached my brain of like, so thank you. Yeah, in slow motion. All right, so we're going to close in prayer. Yeah, do you have anything burning in your heart, Gretchen? Well, it's my fault. October 23rd is the men's breakfast here at 8.30. And November 6th at 1 o'clock is the men's stakeout. Do they need to buy tickets? And you need to buy tickets. How can they do that? The Vance Raymer. Go to the connection desk. Are you all wearing the Just same Just go to the connection desk shirt? and they will find the men that have the tickets. Amen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's all yours, sis. So, um... Stay up here because I might have you praise out. But when she was talking about sheep, so I am a farm girl, although we never raised what we called prairie maggots. Gross. Yeah, that's what we called sheep. My ag teacher was a sheep guy, and so it was a great, you know, war there because I was like, yeah, you love those prairie maggots, right? So I know, right? But I worked at the stockyards. So anybody ever driven I-40 West and you go by El Reno and you're like, what is the smell? I lived there for over a decade uh, for 48 hours straight working the stockyards. And during the summer, one of my friends, he worked the hog and sheep cell. I worked the cattle cell. Um, but he would ask me to sub in for him. So when he went to Falls Creek or family vacation... And I would sub, but I always hated to sub on sheep days. And the reason why, like Annie talked about, they're not, they're not wise creatures. Like they just do stuff that's weird. So you are standing in front of them actually trying to be a, a real hindrance, not the Greek word hindrance, like block <laughs> them. And they go to like try to jump over you. And like they're, you know, it's like just go the other way. Like that path is open for you. You know, reminded of so many scriptures, but as they jump over you, you have to block them because you can't let them over here and their necks are usually full of stickers. And so like they just go into you, like into your skin because you're blocking them, you know? And so I was reminded she was talking about like they buy and different things like that. Like the fact is, is as we are sheep, like, and I have I have had this dialogue with Jesus. The staff knows it. I don't know how many times. Why in the heck did you call us sheep? Because that just means you're calling us dumb, and I just don't get this. Like, I understand we bite. I understand we hurt people. You know, all those kind of things. But, like, the dumb, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. We've been dialoguing about this. And so, and so what it is is it isn't that. But she said it very briefly. If we have the shepherd with us, and we are in partnership with a shepherd, we have all of the care, we have all of the intelligence, we have all of everything that we need, and we just choose to partner there. And so I'm, I'm so reminded when we talk about sheep is like that's the way it is. And so like as a mom of three boys that are in family ministries, in uh, one in... Um, K-5 students, and in fact, he ministers in three PK, and then two in six, 12 students, which meet on Wednesday nights. Like, I just want to thank you for every one of you that give financially to this church, that make the resources available for them to love on my kids, and for every one of you that pray for them, and especially like every one of you that have taken the time, whether it's weekly or fill-ins to look them in the eyes and just speak life into them and give them hugs because not every Sunday morning or Wednesday afternoon is our house a house of peace and joy.
And sometimes they come in hurting and believing lies, you know, and you are able to lift them out of that miry pit with Jesus. And so thank you. Thank you for doing that. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. I will never I will never forget the week that the Lord moved on George Slayer's heart about loving on babies. <laughs> and him and Rebecca faithfully have served in that place and getting yeah. men involved. Yeah. And just empowering them and activating men to be involved in our family ministries. And uh, it was a divine thing. He had me chase you down. We met in a local parking lot, didn't we? And we prayed together. Like it was the Lord. It was so good. And so thank you, all of you that so into. Um, but just as Annie closes, like, I just want to say, if it's on your heart at all, like there are things where you're active and hands-on with kids. Yeah. And there are things that are technical. And there are things where you just get to welcome people. There's so an administrative stuff as well as behind the scenes throughout the week. There are so many opportunities. So don't let your preconceived ideas get in the way. Uh, Annie and Nikki are both very creative. They will find a place that uh, makes your heart sing involved with family ministries. Amen. Pray us out, girl. Yeah. And as well as prayer, like if you are willing to pray over the names of our students and our children... Matthew, my husband, and I are firm believers that it is the grace of God and the prayers of many of the older saints <laughs> that prayed over our names um, when we were younger that is the difference in our life versus some of the people we were raised with that haven't um, gotten free. So, Father, I thank you for the opportunity to um, use my mouth for your, <laughs> for your will. God, I ask that um, the seeds of what you said this morning... Father, would go into their hearts, Father, and that they would get excited about what you are passionate about, and that's your kids. <laughs> and that they themselves would know that it's not their behavior or their performance or their good or bad um, place that makes them qualified to be part of spiritual family, but it is you who is... Um, adopted us by your Holy Spirit, like you've given us the kiss of approval, your Holy Spirit, and invited us in. I ask that if anybody is um, feeling lonely or separated from your family, Father, that they wouldn't tolerate it any longer, that they wouldn't be passive about the fact that you said, come to me, Jesus, that they would rush into your arms. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for your attention. You've been listening to Grace Church, advancing God's kingdom, one heart at a time. For more, visit us online at gracechurch.com.